Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy, and I finally got my guy, my co-host, Mr. Mookie Mitchell. How you doing, brother? How's the family? How's life? I'm so happy to live here from you to, from you tonight, actually, over here in New York City. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Uh, family's doing well. Uh, everything's good down this way. Bright blue skies outside, so couldn't ask for uh, couldn't ask for a better day. That, well, I'm glad to hear that from you. I'm glad to hear that anchor is finally working again. Thank God. Yes, I was a little yes. depressed, bro. I, I was a little <laughs> depressed. I, I had to do. I had to do the venting by myself, and I was a little depressed. So. As we all know, well, this is episode 37, State of the New York Knicks. Me and my guy, Mr. Mookie Mitchell, for the fans, for the people. You go follow us on Twitter, State of New Y, the number one. Go follow us on Twitter. Um, we can get right into it, bro. I, 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 since the people already heard me speak about my feelings on us getting the third pick, I, I would like for you to start off right there. Your initial reaction to the third pick and how you feeling now? Oh, well, initial reaction, of course. I think, uh, like most people, I was a bit, uh, I was a bit devo. I was a bit devastated. Um, yeah, you know, I had high hopes for the, for the number one pick to be able to pick Zion. Uh, oh my! Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't think any team out there could really feel down about missing out on on a talent like that or, or the number one pick when you've got a talent like that uh, that's going to go number one. Um, that's just an initial reaction for anybody. Uh, it's just a real reaction. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone would have reacted. Uh, I've seen people crying. I've seen people with their heads. Oh, in It's... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I I had a breather afterwards, and and I took a deep breath and and collected myself, and you know, I come to the realization that hey, we we didn't fall out of the top three, so so that thank God, yeah, that that's got to be the good thing out of all this is that we we still managed to get a top three pick, um, and and we can still get someone really good at number three, you know, um, obviously it's it's not the main attraction it's, it's not the star star power of zion but you know you, you've got your uh, you've got rj barrett there and um you know when i started thinking about rj barrett that that was going to be the pick i started thinking and, and and realizing well you just never know when it comes to the third pick see you know i think the third, third pick many years in, in the draft is usually a safe pick um it, it can usually turn out to be a better pick. We've all seen that happen, um, you know. So I, I think with RJ, he's a lot safer than Zion. I think there's a lot less risk there, as you know what I mean. Like with going number one, um, there's always going to be that high risk, high risk, high reward. Um, so you, you, it, it's sort of, you know, we've seen, especially in the last part, a uh, few years, like the number one pick's been really hit and miss. Um, yeah. I agree. So in a, sen in, in, in a sense, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't get the number one pick just in the sense of, of the pressure that, that, that comes with that, that, that surrounds that pick. 
Um, we also seen how Markel Fultz turned out, for example. Um, you know, so um, I'm kind of glad that pressure's off in, in, in that regard. You know, there's no pressure there being at three. Um, you know, so uh, again, I, I think it, it, it's it's just always been a safer pick. You know, I mean, Carmelo, if I remember correctly, was was a number three pick. So I could, let me give you a couple number three picks you might like. Um, Kevin McHale, yeah, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan. I'm gonna continue. Chris Jackson, Chris, uh, Kristen Leitner, Anthony Hardaway, Grant Hill. Jerry Stackhouse, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Chauncey Billups, Baron Davis. You got Paul Gasol, Carmelo Anthony, Ben Gordon, Darren Williams. Adam Morrison was just a total dud, so I'm not even going to count him. Al Horford, O.J. Mayo, you got James Harden. Now you got Derek Favors, Anus Kanta, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Joel Embiid, Jalil Okafor, Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, now it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of those names I just told you, it's a lot of Hall of Famers there. It's a lot of productive players there. It's a lot of great talent there. But continue, brother. I just thought the fans... Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, that there's been a lot, of, a lot of good number three picks. So I'm quite satisfied now. Um, I sit back and, and we've got pick number three and we've got our chance to get uh, an RJ Barrett. Um, as everyone who's in the know and knows, he, he was considered the consensus number one pick before Zion started dunking all over the place. So, <laughs> you know, like the dude, the kid, the kids won at every level, um, obviously, bar, barring the NCAA tournament, but he, he did really well there too. Um, so he's, he's a proven winner. He knows how to win. Um, that's, that's, that's a really good point I like about RJ Barrett. Um, I can't get, get enough of him when it pertains to who he trains with too, with his godfather, Steve Nash. Um, I've come to the realization that I know, I know there's some people out there that are skeptics on, on RJ when it comes to his shooting. His godfather, I'm going to tell all Knicks fans now, his godfather ain't going to let that kid not be a shooter. I can tell you that now. The kid's oh, shooting is going to be oh, yeah. You know, um, so, so I mean, and, and I, I see a, 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 quite a few players within RJ. Like, you know, you can see the Kobe mentality there. You can see a little bit of James Harden. You can see a little bit of Dwayne Wade, like, you know, he's going to be his own person in the end of it. That's can, I give you, can I give you an interesting comparison? Yeah. Mines is Grant Hill. Yeah, mixed I can see. With, mixed with Brandon Roy. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that too, that, that too because I can see a lot of Brandon Roy, especially in his hops. Um, you know, like pe- people can't get over the way Zion can fly. Like, you know, RJ's a decent enough fly himself, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, and he's not a, he's not a skinny kid either. He, he's, a, he's, he's got a bit of meat on him, which, which I like too. Um, so he's not, I don't think he's going to be knocked around a lot. Um, you know, 
you see some of these rookies come in and their their body frames are just, you know, you look at Brandon Ingram when he first came in. He, I mean, he still kind of is still pretty skinny, you know. Um, yeah, I kid. Very skinny. Yeah, yeah. Whereas RJ, I think's quite solid. Um, he's actually good size uh, about him. So, um, you know, and, and he can play three positions. Um, now that's another thing I've been trying to tell people is he, he could run the point guard. He, he's done it before. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I and, agree, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I, I personally think he's got the vision um, and, and the passing ability to play there. Again, that 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 all comes down to his training with Steve Nash too, because we know how good of, of a facilitator Steve Nash was as well in his days, um, as well as a scorer. So I could see him being pretty damn similar to his godfather, actually, in, in that, you know, a scorer and, and as well as a good facilitator. Yeah. So I, You, you want to know what's funny? You said to me earlier, RJ Barrett at point guard. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that, too. RJ Barrett at point guard. The guy's 6'7", 200 pounds. Yep. 6'10", wingspan. Um... I wonder if Fizdale and those guys also think about that a little bit, seeing how the NBA is going positionless basketball. I'm be wondering at times, would we be drafting RJ just just to play shooting guard, depending on who we pick in free agency? This is why I agree that free agency needs to be before the draft. So you could get an idea about who you want to draft and where you want to fit them in. You you kind of get what I'm saying? It's, exactly. It's a yeah. It's a like knowing Fizdale and seeing how he coached in the past year. He likes the positionless basketball and seeing how he dealt with Moutier and giving Moutier confidence. I could just imagine him with a guy like RJ Barrett and giving him the confidence. I'm um I'm just wondering, just like you, when we draft RJ, because I believe he's the third pick, regardless of who else they would want, because even if you will want to want to trade for AD, which I don't like, that third pick is still valuable. Even if you want to trade down, it's still valuable. So I think you just take R.J. Barrett regardless. Even though I believe Scott Perry and Steve Mills, they will not trade the pick. I believe they're going to keep the pick. Um, it For me, it just boils down to who you want. If you, who does Kevin Durant want, honestly? It's, do Kevin Durant want Kyrie? Do he want Kawhi? Do he want AD? Do he want us to make sure that we keep at least four to five young guys and, and rebuild? So it's a lot of questions when it comes to the Austin Barrett pick. But I like the pick. And, you know, the only, the first person in Division One history to score 850 points plus, 250 rebounds plus, and 150 assists plus. He's the second he has the second most points in Duke history, 860, right behind J.J. Reddick. The kid is outstanding, most decorated high school player since LeBron James. Every award, he went 35-0 his senior year in high school. 
Um, great player. And I like the fact that you brought up Steve Nash. I always loved Steve Nash. Um, I, we, I'm, I, I'm speechless, man. I, I had to talk myself into liking RJ, so I, I just hope you did as well. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you look at... I mean, once we knew we were out of the Zion sweepstakes, so to speak, you, you kind of got to look at the names below him. And, you know, I, I have this feeling... I, I took Ja Morant straight, straight out as well because I have this feeling the Grizzlies are going to get him and take him. Yeah. They'd, be, they'd be silly not to... Yeah. I mean, they'd, they'd be silly to pass up on him, to be quite honest, considering they're still trying to move Conley, even though that's a hell of a contract to move. But... That's what they're trying to do. So, um, you know, and RJ still stands out for me, even about above, you know, two other guys that, that would be below him that I like. Um, I mean, I keep hearing a lot of a lot of people say on, on Facebook there mention um, Jarrett Culver. And, and I was high on Jarrett Culver um, a lot through the season. Yeah, I'm, high. I'm high on him too. I'm high but, on him too. But the it's thing that, his resume, bro. Yeah. Resume, bro. Yeah. And and I mean, the thing that kind of put me back on him, and I know people like to say, oh, but it was one game, it was one game. I'm not just going off the, the one game either because I was watching this other kid too, majority of the year, and that's DeAndre Hunter. He completely outplayed Culver and, and, and in the NCAA final. Um, yeah, and locked him up at the same yeah. time. That's so I, I kind of, for me, like... As I said, I'm still taking RJ with pick three. But for me personally on a draft board, I would have DeAndre Hunter a pick above Jarrett Culver um, just because I think he's a better all-round player. Like He had a better three-point percentage than Culver. Um, he's better defensively than Culver. That that was definitely proven in, in the final. Um, you know, And a lot of people have compared him to Kawhi in pre-draft um, workouts. Um, so I, I would have him above Jarrett Culver slightly. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm high on both of them. I like both of them. Um, I like Culver. I, I Culver's a big guard. He Culver's like six eight. He he can't be six seven six six. Yeah. That kid is a big guard. So I like Culver. DeAndre Hunter. Gives me the Danny Granger feel. Mm. He gives me the guy, you know, who can step in. He can get his own shot a little bit, but he's a great spot shooter. Yeah, he, rem he reminds me of uh, Danny Granger. Um, the next thing, now that, um, you know, we got into RJ, you spoke about us trading back into the first round because like you and me both, we both heard about the Frank Nicolina rumors. Um, Nilakina, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, Steve Bonnie puts out, oh, Frank Nilakina switched agents and he requested a trade by the trade deadline, didn't get it happen. Which... Uh, to tell you personally, bro, I hate Stephen Bondi. I, I hate that guy. He, I hate him. He's a Knicks beat writer. I hate him. I love Mark Berman, though. Mark Berman gets all the love from me. But Bondi, now Bondi puts this report out, and Mark Berman puts out a report the next day 
saying that Frank's agent do not want to be traded. My thing on that, bro, is where there's smoke, there is fire. So if that was brought up, I think that was spoken about already before and during the season. So here comes with the topic you brought up about us trading back into the first round. Now, of course, us trading back in the first round would mean Frank would be gone. I believe a future first of ours would be gone, but Mm -hmm. we definitely could pull that off. What players specifically are you targeting with that pick? I'm not, I'm not, I got to do more research. I will be honest. I'll go one for you, bro. I'll go one for you. (laughs) So I would like for you to give me, uh, you could give me quite a few, about five of them. About five. Um, I believe one we should already know is Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> but, yeah. Nah, yeah, give me five, bro. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you five. And and the one that that I'm jumping at the bit to mention is because I've been reading a lot of what he's been doing at pre-draft workouts, and he's he's actually um, stunned uh, a few scouts at the draft workouts. Um, I personally think that if we can grab him, he will be a nice piece in the front court with Mitch, and that's Brandon Clark. Uh, and and, and yeah. from what I'm reading, for some reason, I think it's only due to his measurements. He seems to be dropping on draft boards a little bit. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd take Brandon Clark straight up, man. Uh, I mean, powerful. Oh, my God. So, him so, at powerful. Hold on. I love the way you think right now. Hold on, my fault, bro. I, I gotta I then I gotta I gotta follow up follow up <laughs> with this question. What with what is the lowest you've seen Brandon Clark on the draft boards? Uh, part I, two of that question, part two of that question will be what is the trade to get that pick to get Brandon Clark? Okay. Well, I've been looking at a few different drops because you know, like the, the different draft boards have got different people in, in different positions, especially once you get out of the uh, the initial top 10. Um, so, I mean, I've seen him falling. Um, I'm trying to remember the pick that the Utah Jazz, uh, I think around in between pick 19 to pick 24, somewhere around in between there, I, I have seen him on draft board. Um, one particular I've seen him with the Utah Jazz. Um, and I thought, mm, now, would that be a trade partner that we could trade, get that pick to get back in to get, grab him? Yeah. I think you on the sun, brother. Mm. I think you on the sun, brother. I, what would be the trade, though, exactly? Because oh, they do need a point guard. They do I need a point guard. That's for sure. And Frank does fit that system. Yeah, and, and they're not afraid to, um, I mean, you know, they've got a couple of Aussies on, on that roster. They've got a couple of Europeans on that roster. So they're not afraid to, to add international flavour, so to speak. So that, that's another reason I was looking at the Jazz. Um, so, I, I mean, I'd be looking at uh, probably Frank, maybe one of the Dallas firsts, maybe, um, possibly to get back in there. Um, I would do it. I would do it, bro. Yeah. I would do it. I would trade that 2023 20, pick so fast. Yeah. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Considering that they, they, it looks likely they're going to lose uh, Rubio, um, 
yeah, Frank could be a good pickup for them, um, considering they're they're really nowhere near the top of the draft to get a, a decent point guard. Um, you know, I mean, I know they've had plenty of talks about they could play Donovan there, and he has played there a little bit, but bringing Frank in would just ease the pressure on that a little bit. I I would believe for Donovan. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yo, I, brother, I love that combo. I love it. I, I will, I will root for Frank, and in 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 Utah, I'll be definitely. I love that fit. That's a hell of a fit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and you know what? Why I I like the fit of him and Donovan Mitchell. Okay, now a lot of people they'll look at the Blazers right with their backcourt, and I I find the one problem with their backcourt is both good as CJ and, and Dame is, is they're both only, what, 6'3"? Um, whereas yeah. you get the combination of Donovan, who, who I think is about 6'3", or something like that, but Frank's taller. So you're not going to have that Portland problem. You're not going to have those two tiny guards, you know, trying to guard, say, bigger guards. You'll have a big guard there with a small guard. So the combination, I think, will work better um, from a defensive standpoint anyway. Yeah, that's oh man, that's really nice. That's really nice to have Donovan Mitchell and Frank Nicolina and Lakina in your backcourt. I think Utah needs to listen to this podcast to to, to get that trade. <laughs> <laughs> or one of the Knicks B writers. I think I might have to tweet the Knicks that. I might have to get. I might have to get us that because I just envisioned us picking RJ. And picking Brandon Clark, yeah, and you could probably get Taco for. Then you, then you say, okay, KD, you got these six young studs, man. <laughs> you pick your teammates, but <laughs> let me not get too giggly about that, man. That that was a hell of a tr- oh man, Brandon Clark. I would love Brandon Clark there. Oh man. <laughs> I just think he would be a. I mean, we're not. We we need kind of need a power forward to run with Mitch, and I I just think he would be better to run with Mitch than Vonler for sure and for certain. Just with his skill set, um, him and Mitch could be really dangerous. Yeah. Oh man, the defense. He just got to get a three point shot. That's it. That's, That's it. What he needs to work on. He has to shoot a thousand of those. <laughs> Word, but who's the second? Okay, Se- second guy I've got in there. Obviously, you mentioned earlier is obviously um, Kevin Porter Jr. and and I would have him at the top, but I get this feeling. I mean, I've seen him go around even thirteenth to Miami, so I-, I just don't know if he would be available lower. Um, I think Miami are really having a good look at him, and I can understand why, because they're needing a replacement for Dwayne Wade. So that that doesn't shock me at all that they're giving Kevin Porter Jr. a real good look. But I mean, if he's if he's if he if they pass on him and he falls down further, um, you know, he could be there. Um, and we all know how talented that kid is. Um, you know, so um, he could play shooting guard and small forward as well. He, he's combo of both. So. He's got good size, uh, straight out of the gym. I mean, like, I've, I've, I've shown you videos um, before. I've shown plenty of people videos of him, and, and the kid can just 
ball, flat out ball. Um, you know, so yeah, he, he could go anywhere. You know, it, 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 it's just he's one. Of, as I said, the whole time with him, he, he's kind of been under the radar. But now the the pre drafts and the combine, all that's going on. I think other teams that that might not have known a lot about him are going to get a sniff now. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he goes, to be quite honest. Mm, I definitely agree, yo. I definitely agree. Oh, and I said Michael Porter Jr. earlier in the podcast, so excuse yeah. me on that. Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So sorry for that mistake. Um, so you say Kevin Porter Jr. So we spoke about Brandon Clark and his fit with the roster. What young player would you think he would compliment most? Now, for me, when you say, when when I think of Kevin Porter Jr., I'm thinking immediately of Kevin Knox. Yes. The reason why is when you watch Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox is a guy who, he plays off the ball. If people really watch Kevin Knox, when you watch them in college, the way Kyle Power used them, and you watch them, how Fizdale used them. Mind you, people, he was playing with poor point guard play. Moodyet was – the one-legged jump shots was just so terrible. The defense was just so terrible. To have this 19-year-old kid beside these guards who just can't guard, I think – it probably affected the way people looked at Kevin Knox in his rookie season. So you get guys like Trey, you get another Seattle guy like Kevin Porter Jr. I seen his workouts too as well, bro. I like his step back jump shot. I like what he could bring to the table. Um, and I like his toughness and I like what he, he brings to the game. Hopefully Miami passes up on him. I hope they do. I don't think they will because I think that Justice Winslow at point guard, him at shooting guard, and you got a lot another a, a lot of wings on that team. Then I think that's a good fit. So, how what player do you think he will affect? Yeah, well, I think coming in, I, I have to agree. I, I think he could help out, like a Knox. Um, I think he could he could help out um, whoever our point guard is too because um, you know he could take pressure off the point guard at times. Um, I, I've seen him at times in college um, run it up, run it up the court as, as like a like a small forward, you know, point forward type thing. Um, you know, so he, he could slot in there quite easily at a, at a couple of positions there. Um, I think he'd he'd really help KD out if we got KD too. Um, I think he'd be a great help with KD. Um, you know, getting that ball as quick as you can get it out, um, you know, to the wings. Um, yeah. You know, defensive defensive side, um, I think he might be a little bit ahead of, of even Knox in defensive. So the, there he could come in on defense and say, you know, hide, hide some players if, if need be, you know. Um, so... He's very good at doing what LeBron does. He's very good at running down 
and just Kevin. bam, blocking the shot. You know, so he, he he could come in and, as I said, I, I think he'd be beneficial to both Durant and Knox, to be quite honest. And, um, yeah, because Knox plays off the ball more um, and, and I feel that Kevin Porter Jr. can do both. He's like RJ Barrett. He can do a bit of both, play on and off. Um, I think that benefits Kevin Knox. Mm. Yep. Definitely agree with you, bro. So, Kevin Porter Jr.'s second. Who's the third guy? Wait, to get Kevin Porter Jr., though, real quick, what would the trade be like? You say in Miami, mm. mock there. How would we be able to do that? Trade Frank and DSJ? That's what I'm I'm thinking. Um, I think it would have to throw DSJ in there um, because I'm not sure what they want to do yet, or uh, or what even Goran wants to do do yet. If he's going to opt in or what. Um, but I mean, in saying that, he he's what 30, 32, 33 or something like that, um, or might be thirty four. Um, so I mean, he's he's getting old. So they kind of need a bit of youth movement there when it pertains to the point guard position. Um, whether or not, like you mentioned, they're going to consider moving, um, moving, you know, Justice Winslow over there to point guards and is a different story. I don't know if they're going to run him there permanently or just at times, but yeah, I think you'd have to add DSJ to that deal for to get it done. Um, you know, and, and it'd be, I, I think they could take it. I mean, he, 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 Fit in pretty well down there, I, w- I would imagine. You know, um, I think they kind of need like an, a bit of an excitement machine added to that roster um, now that now that Dwayne Wade's gone, um, and I think that Dennis Smith Jr. can bring that excitement back to Miami that they that they kind of need. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think I think DSJ and Frank. Um, would would be able to get it done. Maybe maybe you might have to throw a pick in as well. But yeah, something like that. Um, just because, as I said, I've seen him a lot going around. Yeah, about the thirteenth, fourteenth pick, which is where Miami's picking. So yeah, bro, you've been killing these trades, man. These mock trades, you've been man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. All the trades, though, benefit both teams, though. It's not like somebody's getting robbed. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. What you about to say, bro? Well, I'm just going to say, like, when, when you know, like, when you when you're looking at trades like this, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to give, give a little, you know, in, in the trades a little bit, but not over sort of exert or overplay your hand, so to speak, and. Um, you know, you, you see a lot, like, people, you know, I've seen the numerous things about, you know, when, when it pertains to AD and what, what, what people be willing to give up for that. And you just sit back and go, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. That's, you know, if, if, if that's what the Pelicans were asking me for, I'd say, see you later, bye, hang up the phone. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, there's no way, you know, you, you've got to be smart. And at the same time, you know, you've got to, you've got to recognise the value. Um whether that's for a person you're trading for or, or to, uh, in this case, get a pick, uh, a second pick. So you've just got to realise the value and go from there, I guess. What? I, I bet you Anthony Davis gets traded to a team nobody's talking about. 
that's what I'm thinking. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking. Put it this way: if it's not, I, I don't, I don't. For some reason, I don't believe it's going to be the Lakers. But if it's not the Celtics, then it's going to be a random team that nobody's talking about, nobody's even thought about. Um, you know, like like I mentioned, oh, I read that article to you before. I think um, might be a bit too much for Phoenix, but I mean, if Phoenix wants to stick their hand in there, I do believe they've got the assets there to get a deal done. You want to know what's funny about Phoenix too? Monty Williams coached AD. Yeah. And would he want to? Would he want to put a package of? DeAndre Ayton, Josh Jackson, you give him a guard and you give him a, a first-rounder, unprotected, and you say to Anthony Davis, hey, look, man, it's you, Devin Booker, and you you bring some, you still keep T.J. Warren. Yeah. You got to get a big, though. You got to get another big. You got to yeah, they got they got a they they got some maneuvering to do. I got a team for you though. Charlotte Bob the, the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's to say Kemba don't sign that five year supermax and Jordan just say, yo, you know what? Let me go get Anthony Davis, man. He trades uh bridges. Uh, Kaminsky or, or, or Cody Zeller, one of those guys. You give up a couple picks, or if you don't want to give up bridges, it, it, I, I don't know. But I, I just think it's some random team like Indiana. Just a random actually, team. actually, I've I've been think now that you brought them up, I've been thinking about the Pacers, and I was thinking, hmm, wonder if they'd do a trade to team him up with Oladipo. And, and, and I'm going to dig a little deeper than that, though. Let me just throw this at you before you finish, bro. Imagine if they do that trade. Remember, they have a, a max cap slot. What if Jimmy Butler goes to Indiana? Mm. Yeah. And I've been hearing a bit of noise about about that, too, that he, that he might actually at least give him a look. Um, so it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock. I mean, you could have a, a big three there in Indiana of, of Butler, Oladipo, and and AD. <laughs> That's a hell of a big three, man. It is. I can't it lie. Is. I can't lie. That. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> that. <laughs> and that wouldn't shock me for them to get get in on it. You know, like they're they're not afraid. They haven't been afraid to do trades in the past. So. You know, I, I could see them jumping in. Yeah, because you got to look at the landscape of how the NBA might go this summer. He, so here's another. He leaves the Warriors. All yep. hell's going to break loose. Because <laughs> everybody's going to think they got a shot now. Here's another one I'll throw at you. And I'm only, I'm only going to throw this out there because I, 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 I believe they have the assets and the picks to do it. And he is a hometown boy, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I don't think they're going to go that route no more. You don't reckon? Nah, because they, they tried it twice before. You tried it with Derrick Rose. Then you tried it with Jabari Parker. It just, yeah. 
Yeah. Very, very true. Their coach, their coach, speaking of the Bulls, their coach was spotted with Jimmy Butler about a week ago, too. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they want to try and bring him back. Why not? You got... This is why I'm, this is why Tom Thibodeau did the he did a horrible job in Minnesota. You just gave the Bulls their whole core, and to think you could have had a starting five of Carl Anthony Towns, Laurie Marketing, Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, and Chris Dunn or Ricky Rubio, and you just messed it up. Yeah, you just messed it up. Because you rushed. You rushed. You, this is why I tell you all the time when we speak. The teams who trade the All-Star always win the trade. Yeah. They always win the trade. The team who gets the All-Star loses the trade. They're, they're going to lose the trade. The only trade in this probably in, in about a de- decade that both sides won, kind of, is the Cleveland in the Timberwolves trade. But Wiggins is still kind of, I don't know what the hell he is, but yeah. <laughs> you, you don't usually win with those trades, but. Exactly. Who's your fourth? Yeah, man. So, um, your fourth guy, I believe. Yes, your fourth guy. Yeah, my fourth guy. Well, again, I've, I've seen him sort of, on, on some draft boards, I've seen this guy going up. On some draft boards, I've seen him slip. So, it, he's kind of bit all over the place. And that's um, Rui, Rui Hachimura. Has that, have I got that one right? Um, Rudy Hakamura. Yeah, Rui Hakamura. That's him. Yeah. Hachimura. Yeah. Um, he, he can play both forward positions. Um, he's a he's a good, solid boy, too. Um Plays. What is, what is, um, what is his height? I believe he's about six eight or six nine. Uh, yeah, I think he's about six nine actually. If I, where am I? Okay, okay. I seen him. I seen him as well, mocked late in the in the first round. I think that should be a guy we could look at as well. Yeah. Um. He. I mean, he he's a beast both ways. Um. I mean, he he dropped twenty one points just in the. I mean, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um. He he wrecked wrecked havoc. Um. He just wrecks havoc in both the paint. Um. At both ends. Um. You know, like uh, he he could uh, he could he could definitely add to the Knicks. Like I, I think he could fit. Um, whether you 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 could bring him off the bench, you you know you could he could even end up becoming a starter um, without without dropping Knox um, back to the bench at all. Um, you know his strengths, uh, I would say, like he's a le- athletic forward uh, and he's definitely a smart decision maker. With a very versatile skill set, he's uh, reliable and a steady performer. With a, I'd say, fairly smooth playing style. Um, very team oriented oriented player, which is which is what you want. Um, you know, he puts his team's performance over winning 
individual accolades, which I like about him. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all up for individual accolades, but you've got a, t- a guy who, who's going to put the team performance first. Um, I think that's a good attitude to have around the team. He's got an excellent mid-range jump shooter, um, and he continues. To, he continued to add range and and consistency throughout the season and yeah, leading into the tournament. Um, he's also very good at running the floor and finishing on the break. Uh, very very strong competitor. Uh, as I said, two hundred thirty. I think about two hundred thirty two hundred thirty five pounds. Um, yeah, he's he's a good size. Um, so he, he's um, got good muscle tone. Scores well around the rim. Um, shows solid use of his left hand, both ball handling and finishing with dunks and shots around the rim. So, um, you know, te- he's got text- textbook shooting mechanics. Like, sh- nothing wrong with his shooting mechanics whatsoever. Squares up, quick release with his follow-through. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's about a 74 75% free-throw shooter he was in college, um, which, mm. which that, that can still be improved. Um you know, so um, another another good thing I, I like about him is his confidence, and he's he does he did show solid leadership skills. Um, so he, he he was one of them that helped led Gonzaga over a win over over Williamson and Duke, um, and that that was I think that was to catch the the Jim Maui the Jim Maui Invitational Championship. Yeah, so, that's when RJ Barrett dunked on him. I remember mm-hmm. that game. Dunked yeah, on him some ferocious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Um, you know, so that that was. Uh, I mean, if, he, if 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 there was a weakness, if I could pick a weakness out of his game, uh, probably that he just needs to com- continue to improve his one on one skills and the ability to create off the dribble. Um, just just to enhance his shooting and scoring ability. Um, you know, just just add a bit of polish. Um, but he has got a good wingspan. Um, you know, and, and some people might say six eight's a bit small for the power forward, but I've seen plenty of six eight guys running around at power forward as well. As I said, he can play yeah. both. You see Pascal Siakam? Mm. Mm. A beast. He I love that. A beast. He, he, bro, when you told me Kevin Knox at the fall earlier, that was the first person I thought of. I don't want Kevin Knox guarding Pascal Siakam, bro. Well, how about this? How about this? A 6'10", 225 to 230-pound Kevin Knox. How much does he weigh now? I think he's at about in between 250. I think about 215 to, to 220, somewhere in between there. I, do you know when they do the height measurements? At, like, during, is it before summer league just about? I think so, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, with, I was going to say I'm with you, bro. I, I like late last season. Just, just this, just to me, late last season, he looked about six ten. He looked like he had grown from the start of the season. That's just for me, off the eye test. Yeah, he looks. He looked like he got bigger over the, over the course of the season. And then looking at him in his photos and seeing him doing his little videos of him training. The kid looks like he put on some muscles. <laughs> exactly. And he looks like he's focused. He looks like he's very focused. I think the reason why Fisdale got these kids right now in the gym is because he knows what's coming, just like what he said about Kevin Knox. And he knows that 
yo, I got to be ready because when this guy get here, a la KD, I'm going to have to be ready to contribute. It's not going to be no, I'm 20 years old. Nah, you got to contribute. You got to, you got to bust some ass. Excuse my language, but with a guy like Kevin Durant, it should put extra confidence in you to work extra hard this summer. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think I think if KD comes in, he's gonna he's gonna make these young kids not on his behalf, but on their own behalf. They're gonna look at him and go, "We're gonna keep pushing ourselves. We're gonna push ourselves to our absolute limit and better ourselves in any way possible just to please this man, just to keep a smile on his face." And oh, so, yeah. he, you he's know, smile when he gets to New York. He he wants to be loved, man. You look at him, you like. It, it, it just imagine the embrace the embracement he would get in New York. Like, well, I don't know if that's a word, but this is imagine... the other thing I'm looking at too, man. I know I know a lot of people out there going, "Oh, but he he needs someone else to come here. He needs a, he doesn't need anyone else to come here because there's two people already on the roster. Actually, well, there's two people on the roster and a person in the in the in the coaching staff that are all his friends, well, one of them's like a little brother to him. There's Tria, there's DeAndre Jordan, and there's Royal Ivy. So you already got three guys here that are his friends, that he can already come, that's already here. So it's not like he has a need to go out and get anyone else possibly. You know, he might be happy being with Tria and being with DeAndre, you know. Um, Very true. You know, that's why I keep telling people, I said, we don't know if he comes in, he's going to be like LeBron and go, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. He might be just satisfied coming here because his manager and his business is in New York. One of his best friends and DeAndre Jordan's already on the roster. His little brother, who we know he's he's taught and, and trains with, is on the roster in Trier. And his good friend that he made a real good connection with at OKC Royal Ivy is on the coaching staff. Apart from the fact is, I'm pretty sure he's actually, it's not just a management player relate. I actually think he's actually good friends with Scott Perry. Um, and I think they've been that way since Seattle days. So there's already people in place that can create that family type unit feel for him. Like he's not just coming to this team and not knowing absolutely nobody. Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. And it's interesting to note that the team had a family dinner early in the year for Mitchell Robinson's birthday. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Robinson, during his exit meeting, said that, you know, the Knicks feel like a family setting. It feels like family. Like, I want to be here for the rest of my career. And it's just so positive to hear things like that. And I think a guy like – I think the Knicks drafted guys that will fit with Kevin Durant we have no big dogs in the room. We have no leaders in the locker room. Lance Thomas is a great leader. I, I, want, I definitely want to bring him back on the roster. I don't want to play in any minutes, though. <laughs> I do want, you know, that guy like James Jones, who just great teammate, great locker room guy. Like Miami, you know, Adonis Haslam, pretty much. Yes, yes. And you just keep him there. He's just there for his whole career. Yeah. That's what I want Thomas to be. Um, I think with Kevin Durant, I think you, if he do want guys, well, I would know he would want guys to come with him. 
I think he would call. I think Patrick Beverly is going to be one of his first calls. Yeah. I think a guy like a Marquise Morris would definitely be on his list. Yeah. Yeah. I believe a guy like JJ Reddick will be on his list. Oh, yeah. Um, just guys who know how to win. And you can have a balance between young guys on the roster and the older guys. I, I'm going to be a realist. You're not watching this playoffs. You're not going to win with no young guys. You, you no. need veteran talent. You need those veteran guys to play those minutes. So I believe only five young guys will be left on this roster once the summer's done. Knox, Mitch, Trier, R.J. Barrett, and whoever we get with that next pick, yeah. whether it's a high first-round pick or the second-round pick, and I believe those other seven roster spots is going to be filled with vets and whoever the hell KD wants to come here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I, I've seen a video, I think, it was, I think it was earlier today, and now I've been saying about this particular free agent, I don't see him going anywhere. Until I've seen this particular video and the way he reacted in it, I'm starting to wonder now if Clay Thompson might want to look elsewhere. Uh, it's funny because I think he would. Yeah, he looked, he, would. he looked frustrated and annoyed in the video I seen earlier, man. And I, I've never yeah, he looked pissed off. Yeah, man. <laughs> and you, I knew he was pissed off when he said, when the guy asked him something like, well, do you think you're better than any of those guards on the list? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Clay Thompson. This is going to be one of the craziest free agencies we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I believe a couple of super teams will be built out of this free agency. But I want to see, because I think the Western Conference is about to be very weak for the next two to three years. I think the Western Conference is going to be top-heavy yep. with four, four championship contenders. And I think it's going to be poof. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be tough. And I think, I, I think the KD's decision is going to really change the way the NBA is going to be next five years. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a difference maker, similar to LeBron leaving Cleveland for Miami. That kind of, that kind of swing. Um, and I think. You know him. Him coming to the Eastern Conference is is, is just going to be a big swing in the Eastern Conference favor, because um, I, I believe when you look at both conferences, the Western Conference has a lot of older superstars, whereas the Eastern Conference has got a lot of younger, up and coming superstars. So the Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. uh, for the foreseeable future, is is going to be, become the stronger conference. Um, that's just my way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yo, and now that I think about it, you, you're you right. Because a lot of the top draft picks have been going to the Eastern Conference. So, you're definitely right about that. Um, Well, we got the NBA draft, I believe it's June 20th. Yes. 
special day for the New York Knicks. Um, what's the, I guess, what's the final final thought you want to leave with the people, man? What what kind of feelings should we be having going into this NBA draft, and, and, and how you feeling in general? Yeah, well, I'd just like to say to Knicks fans, um, get get prepared for this draft. Um, you know, we we can all start breathing easy and looking forward now that we know where we're picking and at least in the top three. Um, and it's going to be curious to see what uh, our decisions our management make on, on draft night, uh, especially pertaining to Frank and possibly getting back into the late first round, second round. Uh, there's a few good players that are going to be around, uh, you know, in the late first, early second as well. So we, we could come away from this draft with, you know, not just RJ Barrett, but another one or two good picks as well, um, including, as I said, our own, uh, where I think we might even grab Taco Fall. So it's a good off-season. The draft coming up in, in, in just just under a month's time. Um, but, yeah, we, we're going to have a different-looking team next at the start of next season. Um, and, and it's just um, wish good fortunes for, for the rest of the um, off-season for us. Hopefully everything falls into place. All right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, hopefully everything falls into place. You know, here, me and my guy, Mr. Mitchell, we always try to um, keep the positivity. We always never try to be, like, biased. Only biased towards the Anthony Davis trade. But, <laughs> you know, we always try to, you know, point out everybody's strengths and weaknesses and, and what Scott Perry should do and certain things. So, I hope y'all guys love the podcast segment that we give y'all. Um, what should the next one be about, brother? Well, we've got the, as I said, we've got the draft coming up soon. Um, so I guess we should do one about the draft on draft night or leading into draft night. Oh, all right. All right. I think we should definitely do... I think the next podcast we do, we should definitely do it on what low tier free agents should the Knicks target. Yes, yes, that was another good topic um, that I wanted to get onto actually. So, so we could do that podcast before the draft podcast. Oh, all right, all right, most definitely. I, my guy, Mister Mitchell, all the way from Australia, and your guy. Lizzie, all the way from Harlem, New York. We love y'all at State of the New York Knicks podcast. We'll highlight y'all for the next episode. Peace.